Hey friends, welcome to episode 97 of the podcast. This is your host, as always, Madeline Moon, and we're here today with Jamie Mandel. Jamie is a health and lifestyle coach specializing in helping women on a journey to supreme self-care. She believes that as women focus on deeply taking care of themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, they learn how to love themselves, be who they really are, and live their most authentic, meaningful lives. For 10 years, Jamie struggled with food and her weight. By learning how to heal this area of her life, she actually discovered how to transform many parts of her life and herself in order to live a life guided by passion, joy, and freedom. She's coached thousands of women on how to go through their own personal transformations and believes that every woman deserves an extraordinary life. This episode, let me tell you, it was great. It was awesome. We had such a wonderful time talking with each other. But my recording software, it's just one of those things where you gotta have patience and it's when you really know you love doing what you do because even through the technical difficulties, you're still committed to doing it, to making it happen. So we got this whole episode done within the time span of a couple days of having to string things together because my software is just getting outdated and trying to update it and then not the update not working and downloading a new software. The new software is on when you, even when I turn it off and I want to use my old one, but then they, they, they crash together. They don't like each other. So trying to figure out how to turn the new one off and make sure that the old one's still on, but then the old one's still not working as well. All of those things just kind of happen behind the scenes. So regardless, we finished it. We got it done. We're so excited about this episode. Um, patience is so important in life. Patience is so important. Any good thing worth fighting for takes time and it will also require some patience on your end to see it through, to make it happen and be compassionate towards yourself when things don't go according to plan. So that's just a little mini lesson today you can put in your pocket for another time. But before we head on over to this show, here's the review of the week. It comes from Kelsey Lee 29 and she says, Maddie is wonderful and inspirational with five stars. Listening to this podcast has become one activity I look forward to each day. Not only have I learned so much, but I also connect so deeply to the messages of her and her guest. Truly worth a listen. Highly recommended. Thank you, Kelsey Lee. Thank you so much. So last but not least, I've really enjoyed travel conversations. It's been so much fun for me. And I'm really enjoying getting more people on the podcast to talk about traveling. If you like this type of conversation, let me know. Maybe post a comment in the MBM Podcast Tribe Facebook group. Let me know that you want more of this type of conversation. Maybe write it in a 19s review that you like the combination of body image, intuitive eating talk with traveling, or just shoot me an email. There's a contact page on my website. You can email me there. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I am planning another trip. I'm not only planning, I'm going on another trip. It will be next month already. I'm going back to where I just left. After some big life changes recently, I've realized this is the time for me to do my traveling Not only do I want to do it for all my life, but I want to do it right now especially. So 
I am going to Vietnam on May 11th, and I plan to do to go a few, to a few different places in Southeast Asia. I'm so excited! So, if you do have any recommendations for places or things to see, also comment in the MBM Podcast Tribe Facebook group on on where you think I should head on over to, and I would love to hear that. So, without further ado, let's head on over to the show. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. The show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm here with Miss Jamie Mendel, and I'm so pumped to have this conversation with her because it seems like we're pretty similar in a lot of different areas of our life, the things we do, what we're passionate about, and um, kind of just where we are right now. She's just got back from traveling all over in Southeast Asia, and I'm just so in love with all of her posts and things, and I'm excited because I'm about to go back, which is going to be awesome, and I'm going to use her blog post kind of as a guide for any areas I go to that overlap, but more than that, she has wonderful insight into the yo-yo dieting cycle, getting out of that intuitive eating, coaching women. She's just a very smart cookie, so welcome to the show, Jamie. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, this is great. I was introduced to you by our mutual friend, Simi, and uh, we were just having a chat and she started talking about you and said like, because it was before I had gone to Thailand for the retreat and she's like, oh, my coach, she um, she's in Thailand right now. So I started following you and I just had a lot of fun just following your journey and everywhere you're going. So I feel like I know you pretty well now from stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I stalked you too, so we're good. <laughs> well, great, great. Yeah. So in the beginning of all the podcasts, I like to have the guest kind of just go into their background, their story, and what different parts of your journey brought you to where you are right now. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, well, my story kind of starts so right now I'm a holistic health and lifestyle coach and um, I really started my business um, a few years ago around helping women heal their relationship with food and that really all started because I struggled with food for about 10 years. Um, I went on my first diet when I was 16 in high school and that really led me down a really not fun you know, anxiety-ridden, obsessive phase of my life, like I said, for 10 years where I was doing every diet under the sun, always trying to control my weight, yo-yo dieting. Therefore, my weight was up and down, up and down, up and down all the time, Um, super in my head around food. My self-esteem was really low. Um, 
you know, and every time I would gain the weight back, which I always did, my self-esteem would be lower and lower. Um, I missed out, I feel like, on a lot of stuff and enjoying my life because I was so concerned with food and my body and my weight. Um, and it was just a really dark time for me. I mean, I had a lot of great things going on in my life still and, you know, my life wasn't horrible, but if I look back, I just wasn't free. I wasn't really happy. I was lost. I was really insecure. Um, and a lot of it had to do with my relationship with food. So at some point I started trying, I I really started, um, throwing out all the dieting stuff. I just, knew deep in my bones that that just wasn't working for me, but I was so scared to leave that behind because I didn't know what would work for me. And I kind of came across this concept of intuitive eating. I read a book about it. I'd heard about it. And when I first started it and tried it, I completely could not do it. I was too much of an emotional eater. I just, I couldn't figure out how to make that work. Um, but eventually I came back to it and I really healed my relationship with food through lots of different things. It wasn't just like, oh, I did this one thing and all of a sudden like 10 years of, you know, dieting and stuff were gone. It took, it was a lot of different components that helped me heal my relationship with food. But getting to the other side of it was one of the, if not the most important things I ever did for myself, um, It just completely changed my life. I feel like a different person, you know, many years later now. And I just knew that I had to help other women with this because the more that I started opening up and sharing, because my whole struggle was very private, which I'm sure you see a lot. And, you know, you talk to lots of women about this stuff. Like it's a very shameful, private part of people's lives. And I was the same way. I kept it really private. The more that I started opening up about it, um, people just started coming and talking to me about it and sharing and being so grateful that I was sharing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I I have to help these other women with this. There's just so many people out there who are struggling with the exact same thing. So I started my business. I had gone to, I was in finance, working in finance in New York for a while and went to a holistic nutrition school on the side and wasn't really sure if I wanted to start my business or what to do with that. And then eventually I did quit my job and start my business and do a, I did a complete career transition, which was scary in and of itself, but completely worth it. And now, um, yeah, my business has evolved a lot through the years. It started really with working with women on their relationship with food. And then through my work with that, I realized all of these other things that were coming up for women around their careers and, you know, not being happy in their jobs around dealing with their inner critic and low self-esteem, learning how to handle their emotions. You know, a lot of us, at least for me, I didn't know how to handle my emotions. And so I would turn to food all the time. So I helped women a lot with that. So I ended up just like working with women in all aspects of what I call self-care. So mental, emotional, physical, and soulful or spiritual self-care. And that's kind of where my business is now. I, I've expanded. I still work a lot with women on their relationship with food, but I really work on all aspects of how a woman takes care of herself. Um, and I really believe that through really knowing ourselves and taking care of you know, all aspects of who we are, that that's how we're able to live a life that feels meaningful and happy and you know, really gives us the strength to handle anything that life throws our way. 
So that's kind of, you know, my evolution personally and where my business has evolved from and to. And yeah, that's where I'm at today. I love that you embody the title of being like a self-care coach because that is an area Mm -hmm. where so many people lack. And it's interesting because I am a body image disordered eating coach, but that's basically what I do is teach women how to take care of themselves. It's mostly about self-care. And in sessions, I realize we talk about food way less than we talk about job stuff and relationships and time management and passions. Those are the things when they're lacking, it drives you to amp up the food concerns, the body image woes, because that's your distraction. Whenever the Mm -hmm. other stuff is just kind of going downhill, that's the thing you get to focus on. Just takes Mm -hmm. your mind off it. So I love that you point that out. Yeah, it's really our way. We use food as our way of kind of controlling for our happiness. You know, when other things aren't going well or we're unsure about things or we don't know how to handle things, we think that like by handling and controlling our relationship with food, it's something that we can do to make us happier. But we need to really look under this, under that. And like you said, I think in coaching within this area, yeah, you don't really end up talking about food very much. You end up talking about everything else that's going on because that's the real stuff. The food is just like a symptom or kind of like a Band-Aid. It's not really the actual core of the issue. So I think, yeah, as a coach, you end up seeing all these other sides to a woman um, that are kind of leading to them struggling with food, but that's not really the main problem. One thing you said I wanted to touch on when we were talking about intuitive eating the first time you tried it, and you said you were too much of an emotional eater. And I'm curious, Mm -hmm. do you think that there isn't any emotional eating involved with intuitive eating? So I think that in general, when you're intuitively eating, um, you want to uh, more or less try to pay attention to your hunger and fullness cues. So eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. Um, However, I also think that there is a time where that goes out the window. And I think that that's a very normal and healthy thing for people to do. And um, I see like a common intuitive eating trap is, is like, people uh, treating it like another diet, you know, so Mm -hmm. I have to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. And if I overate a little bit or if I ate ice cream when I wasn't hungry, then I'm a bad person and I failed and this is just another thing I failed at. But the way that I see it is that we have our body that we have to take care of and then we also have our soul that we have to take care of. And our body is, yeah, we want to respect it and eat when we're hungry and stop when we're full generally. But... If you're in Thailand and you're at a food market and there's a thousand different things that you want to try and all this amazing food, you know, does it feel nurturing to yourself to say, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not, therefore I can't eat any of these things that I want to eat. Like that's depriving your soul of that experience. And so I'm actually creating a video about this um, later on, but it's about when intuitive eating or the, the general I you know, the uh, general idea of intuitive eating kind of goes out the window and that that's actually a very intuitive, nurturing thing for you to do sometimes is to say, Oh, I just want to enjoy this. I just want to eat all the food at this market or I just want to eat my way through Vietnam or I want to have this amazing dessert that looks awesome because that feels fun and something that would make me happy right now. 
I think that there's a balance there, right? You don't want to be doing that all the time. Because if you're doing that all the time, then you're not really respecting your body and your body's going to take a hit and not going to feel very good. So it's kind of a balance where I always tell people, you know, you have to compromise between your your like soul and your body and kind of check in with both of them to make sure that they're both not feeling like they're taking too much of a hit. So I think that it's just knowing yourself and making those compromises within yourself. Yeah, I've noticed for some people going through the intuitive eating process at the very beginning, and I, I'm right there with you. I, I teach the same thing. That's the one thing about intuitive eating I don't like is the hungerfulness pressure. So I always make sure that everyone I talk to about this knows that it, it can turn into another diet if you put too much stress on that. Like mm-hmm. even n- normal eaters – yeah. don't even know when they're full <laughs> a lot of times yeah. like yeah we it's just that's just something you you don't always have time to just concentrate on and focus on and like try to find that exact point where you're not uh, a 10 but you're not a three you're right at a mm-hmm. six or a seven or eight you know it's just like a lot to think about and sometimes the goal is to think less about food and yeah. to make it a smaller part of your life it's just something you do and then you move on you focus on other things and um, yeah, it doesn't need to be so precise. I have, yeah, clients at the beginning who are like, oh, I think I ate two extra bites, you know, too many. And it's like, we don't need to be that precise. It's just generally trying to, yeah, eat when you're hungry, eat when you feel like you, you're good, and then moving on with your life. I completely agree. And I love mindful eating because I think that covers those bases that aren't really covered in intuitive eating where, like you said, there's like the soul hunger. I mean, that's not one of the hungers in mindful eating, but there is the heart hunger. And one of the examples it has, I think, in the book is saying maybe you're craving spaghetti or pasta or maybe it was ice cream. I don't know, but same principle. But you're craving something and you don't really know why because maybe – spaghetti with like white pasta isn't the most nutritional thing for you to eat but you remember that it brings you back to these memories where that's the one dish your mom would always make for y'all when the family would come together and reminds you of her and those good times or say your dad always took you out for ice cream whenever you got an A on an assignment and you crave ice cream and you don't know why we need to feed these different parts of our bodies and one thing that I would see often is that people need to go through this stage where they do eat a lot of non-nutritional things and maybe it goes on for a while because their body's like ah pasta bread ice cream pizza I need it I need it I need it I need it because I won't get it again I won't get it again and it goes on for a while and then you start to panic and freak out and you're like ah when is this gonna end I can't trust this process my body is leading me astray I need to I need to stop this madness and and Mm -hmm. start a diet and then just when you're probably about to get that to that point where your body's like, like you said, oh, I don't feel that good. Like right when you're about to get to that point of, oh, I don't feel that good, where you'll naturally start to want your green juices again or salads or whatever it is for you that you really enjoy that's, you know, quote, healthy. Um, you turn your back on the process and you decide, I can't do this anymore. I got to do this macros diet once more because that got me results last time but you really do have to trust this process because even if you are eating and eating and eating and it's freaking you out your body knows so much more than you think it does and it will get to a point where it's like uh it doesn't feel good to be eating this way all the time I naturally intuitively want blank and it's probably going to be something healthy and then you start to find the balance yes yes 
That is so true. And I think that there are so many phases to intuitive eating. And I do think 100% that the first phase for most people is this freedom phase, right? Where they've been depriving themselves of the foods that they love for so long. And so many parts of them believe that deprivation is about to come. Like it's around the corner. You're going to put me in another diet again. Oh, come this Monday, the fun stops. You know, I have to start my new diet again. That's so ingrained in people and so like just so deeply ingrained in them that they need to go through that freedom phase of eating whatever they want. And um, I have an intuitive eating challenge that, that I teach. And the first step of that out of 21 steps is give yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want. And that's really just so important. And it completely freaks people out. And it completely freaked me out when I started it. But what you have to do is you have to like every part of you that has been convinced over the years that a diet is about to start again and that it's going to be deprived, you know, just around the corner, those parts need to start truly believing that that's never happening again, that you will be able to enjoy food and eat what you want for the rest of your life. And once those parts of you start to relax and really deeply believe that you're not, they're not going to have to go back to this like diet structure again, that's when things start to balance out. And that's when your body can chime in and say, hey, I actually, I actually do want a salad or I actually do want a green juice. But it takes some time and it takes a different amount of time for every person. Some people who've been dieting for a couple of years, it might take less time than someone who's been dieting for three decades. So people, you know, I know it's scary for a lot of people um, and for, you know, the women who are listening to this, like maybe they're in that phase or want to go into that phase, but they're scared. It's so necessary. It does pass, like you said, and balance is on the other side of that, but we can't really get there until we go through that, that first phase. Do you have an opinion on whether or not people should completely surround themselves with online support through this time or whether they should take a leave of absence from media altogether? Because I'm kind of torn because I think for, for some people it works really well to be in intuitive eating Facebook groups and I always think it's good to read the books, period. But mm-hmm. maybe reading a lot of books may be good for some people, not for other people. Um, maybe for other people it's better to just take some time off away from people to really figure out what you like and not rely on other people's validations for yes you should eat whatever you want and like kind of just listen to your body do you have any thoughts on that it's a really good question I mean um I I I think it really depends on the person and on that person's personality um I would say if I mean the advice that I give is that if anything feels draining, heavy, um, just even slightly rubs you the wrong way, like whether it's an Instagram account or Facebook page or someone's blog or whatever, just don't follow it. And, you know, you really want to follow, just use your feelings on this one to guide you. Like you really want to follow the things that inspire you and, and feel like expand you in some way and light you up. Like if it's giving you any sort of negative feeling, for whatever reason, you may not even know why, just get rid of it and only go for the things that you physically feel are, are lifting you up in some way and moving you in the direction that you want to go into. Like, 
for me, I used to follow so many of those blogs where they tell you what they eat every oh, you know, I hate those. Yeah, and and I I like one principle that I really hold to as a coach is to not overshare what I eat mm-hmm. because Same. I don't want other women to be like, oh, I want to do it her way. I want to be like her, look yep. like her. And so I'll give snippets, of course, into what I eat, but it defeats the purpose to me to start. I don't want anyone to like model themselves after me because that completely defeats the purpose of what I teach, which is that you know they need to figure out for themselves what works for their bodies and every single person is completely different. So for me, I had to get rid of all of those kinds of blogs. It just was really interfering with me finding my own path. Um, but I do think that there are some intuitive eating like coaches I know of that's, that do that, you know, that like post everything that they eat. And I think their audience like finds that helpful in some way. So it really depends on the person and like what, you know, my, I guess my biggest advice would just be follow your feelings your intuitive feelings on that one. Um, and if something is supporting, feels supportive to you, then keep following it. If something is rubbing you the wrong way, then just get rid of it. Right. And that's really good advice. If you're noticing that you're starting this process and you're reaching for your phone every five minutes to see the latest hashtag intuitive eating pictures, maybe it's not really fulfilling you. Maybe you're searching for a lot of validation to do what you're doing. And I'm giving you Mm -hmm. validation right now. I'm giving you permission right now to intuitive eat. (laughs) And I think Mm -hmm. they're like, I'm the same exact way. Like I was saying, like I just, on my Instagram, I share snippets here and there, but I, I do not resonate with any particular way of eating or diet or when people reach out to me saying, is this okay to eat this way? Is this okay to eat this way? And I say, just, what do you think? You know, Mm -hmm. like they know the answers. Mm -hmm. It's not about me and what I like. And I'll notice if I post, when I start posting too many pictures, people will ask, are you blah, blah, blah? Like, do you eat blah, blah, blah way? Mm -hmm. Or do you have this kind of diet? And I'm like, oh, I'm showing too many pictures. And secondly, no, I'm not. I just happen to have a lot of like colorful pictures of this food and I post it. Um, I Mm -hmm. think that's great that you do that. I think that's a very important part of being such a big leader for people is to take that responsibility and knowing that people are watching you. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you give us some tips or some insight into a few things you think are very crucial to do when you're ending this yo-yo dieting cycle? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say the first thing that comes to mind that I think is just like at the core of all of this, this entire discussion is your self-esteem and relationship with yourself. Because I think that we kind of get into this diet trap and this diet cycle because some part of us feels not good enough, right? And we need to change our weight or the way our body looks um, because there's some deep down belief that that really matters and that our self-worth or our value is kind of, a tr- you know, a linked to that. And so, and when we're kind of obsessed with our weight and our body and the way it all looks, of course, we're going to be obsessed with food. They go hand in hand. So what I really work with people on and what I really would encourage people to do is to recognize that that is kind of at the core of why of their, their struggle with food, I think at least, and to really do the inner work to, um, 
really look at like what parts of themselves they're not accepting and what parts of themselves they're maybe pushing away. Um, you know, like figuring out what it would take to really start to first just accept themselves and then start to like themselves and then start to love themselves. Um, you know, like working on that, the way that they view themselves and their relationship with who they are. And that's the most important relationship that we all have in our lives is the one that we have with ourselves. And I think that as women start to work on that, it inherently starts to release their need for their weight to look a certain way in their body because they just realize, hey, I actually like myself and I'm pretty cool and I don't really need to worry so much about what I look like. And then that helps them to release how much they're they're analyzing and obsessing over food. So I think that's really important. And for me, if I look back at that time when I was kind of healing everything, I really started just focusing so much on my life and myself and learning to like myself and like my life and the things I was doing and just finding those like happy feelings and so many other things not having to do with food. Um, food should food should and can still be a major pleasure for me. I'm a huge foodie. It's still a huge pleasure, but there was just so much other stuff that I started focusing on. So that's the, that's one thing is really, and that's a big thing, right? Like we could unpack that for hours, but like that's, I think at the core of everything that maybe some people don't totally realize, but I think that that's the place for people to start focusing. Um, you know, pleasure is a big one. Finding other things that people love and that turns them on and excites them and gives them pleasure. That's going to take the pressure off of food having to be this big thing that they find pleasure in. Mm, I like that one a lot. I like both of them, of course. But um, Isabel Fox and Duke said something that really stuck with me in one of her emails. She wrote, uh, food is safe sex, meaning like, you're scared and this is like totally not even what we're talking about sex but like (laughs) talking about pleasure and stuff it it goes for everything else like food can be safe blank it because we're too scared to have pleasure in our work so we make food our everything it's our main source of pleasure because it's the the safest Mm -hmm. we can control it Yeah, yeah we can control it and um, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what she said. Maybe I'm, I might be butchering a little bit, but it's basically along those lines. And I think finding pleasure in other areas of life is so important and allowing yourself to feel that because women especially do get put down for experiencing desire and pleasure and mm-hmm. certain things. There's a lot of shame that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is important to explore that in different realms and feel be okay to be happy you know when you get so happy about something and you're too nervous because you know it's just too good to be true you just can't Mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. I hate that feeling and Mm -hmm. I find myself doing it I'm like oh my gosh this is so amazing this is too good to be true it's gonna be gone it's gonna be gone and I spend so much time worrying about how it's gonna leave me one day that I miss out on when I can be enjoying it so Mm -hmm, indulging mm -hmm. in that pleasure and taking advantage of all those good times to the fullest that's being vulnerable and I think we need yeah. more vulnerability I think we also all I think we have I've noticed this in my own life like we have like a pleasure ceiling that we have where it's like okay I can start enjoying I can enjoy myself a little bit but then 
I think that we're also conditioned in some way to feel like life has to be hard and like there's a lot of stress and restriction and deprivation and I think that that also leads to why I struggled with food for so long like there's just this inherent belief that like I I should deprive myself in some way or like there should be some restriction on me in some way and I've challenged that so much in the last several years and I find myself always expanding and expanding and expanding my pleasure ceiling and I find that with women too that I coach that it's like we don't really it's almost we feel like uncomfortable like we're doing something wrong if we're experiencing a lot of pleasure in our lives and you know when we start to open that up with food and start to find more pleasure with food it then will trickle into other areas of our lives but I also think it's just good to just watch ourselves and and where we're cutting ourselves off and maybe believing that that's just not the way that we can live and like what are our fears around experiencing pleasure and living in that way I think that's a very interesting topic and that we all in some way and I'm sure everyone a little bit differently like limits that for ourselves and we don't really need to be Mm -hmm. totally totally because we've all been burned in some type of way we've all been hurt We've all experienced extreme pain, so we're trying to protect ourselves. It's a coping mechanism, just like disordered eating is, and it's thoughtful of our body trying to protect us. Thank you, body, but we don't need it. You don't Mm -hmm. need it. Like It's really not necessary at all. In fact, it's inhibiting you from being your true self, from feeling freedom, and Mm -hmm. like you you said something that made me think of this, but um, people are can be so ashamed of pleasure that this is one factor of eating in secrecy because it's like you don't want to be eating in public and like having that vulnerability out there where people see you eating because for some people it's just such a secret thing so Mm -hmm. you wait till everyone's asleep and then you indulge and then you eat a lot because Mm -hmm. this is the one time you're alone you don't know when you'll be alone again you don't know when you can eat like this again Mm-hmm. Just being able to open yourself up and to be vulnerable and to eat in front of people and to release shame and to look for ways in your life you can experience pleasure publicly, you know, just like be yourself, enjoy what you do. That'll help with the food problems. That helps mm-hmm. a lot with food problems because it's never about the food. It's always about other stuff we all carry around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one um one piece of advice that I'd give anyone who's listening who feels like their pleasure is not really being, you know, maximized or they're kind of depriving themselves a lot is just to do like a little pleasure experiment for two days and just say, I'm going to let pleasure just guide my life for the next two days and, and see what happens with that and where that goes. Because like you said, we have a lot of defense mechanisms and ways that we like hold ourselves back with that. And sometimes to push against that feels really scary. But if we just see it as like an experiment, I always like to have people just say, see things as experiments. Like I'm just going to try this out for size and see what it's like and see what happens. And if something horrible happens, I can always revert back to my old ways. But it's just sometimes a fun experiment to just say, I'm going to just try to let pleasure lead for the next two days with food, with work with whatever else I decide to do and just do whatever feels pleasurable and see what happens. And I think that that's just kind of a fun way for people to play around with this idea. Oh, yeah. Pleasure experiment. That's awesome. I love that. I think we should all be doing that often. Just see how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good tune up for any of us, even if we are experiencing pleasure a lot, just to 
see how much more we can actually be bringing in and what happens when we push ourselves even more toward that. For people that are interested in traveling and still stuck in this cycle or they're not fully embracing vulnerability or pleasure, do you think that traveling and going out and going after it is a good idea for them because it'll put them out of their comfort zone? Or do you think that it's better to get these things kind of get a foundation at home in a, in a familiar place before going off and putting yourself in these situations. So you mean for someone who's really still kind Maybe of not an intuitive eater. Yeah. Someone who doesn't really know intuitive eating and wants to do it, but is having a hard time possibly at home because there's just like the measuring cups and the scales and they throw them out and then they find their way back in and it's just like difficult, but they want to put themselves out there and they want to travel. I think that it's a, I think for someone in, in that position, I might say, I mean, again, it really depends on the individual, but I might say go and try it for a short trip and see how it is. I wouldn't say maybe go abroad for two months, but um, I don't think that I definitely don't think that people need to have their relationship with food be like completely healed or whatever you want to call it before traveling. I think there's you can absolutely go and do all these things, you know, even while you're a work in progress, like we're always a work in progress. Um, and I do think that there's a benefit when you are traveling, you're almost forced to be really mm-hmm. intuitive. Like it brings you closer to your body in a lot of ways because there are no measuring cups. There are There is no way to really count calories when you're eating out all the time. So you really have to rely on yourself and paying attention to your own body. So I think that that, again, depending on where the person is in their journey and in their mentality, I think it can be a really good thing for people. Um, but if the person is like so stressed out by the idea of not being in control and they're just still the very beginning of that, then it might be too, too stressful for someone. And in that case, it wouldn't really feel like self-care for them to be going on a trip. So I think it's just really important for people to check in and and see what would feel caring toward themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like in any other situation, you know, like you go through a breakup and some things are going to feel really nurturing and other things are going to feel too scary. And you have to kind of balance that and just really know yourself and know, okay, what what feels like the most caring way I can love and support myself right now. And it's really a personal decision. But I don't think there's any like right or wrong here. I think it's just where they're at. So that would kind of be my best advice there. I don't know if that helps. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, I assume that it would definitely depend on different you know different people and personality styles I like to think that it's best whenever you are safe but uncomfortable so you're still being put out of your comfort zone and you're being forced to grow but you're still safe it's not going to throw you into this cycle where you really can't just get out of it and it's terrible and anxiety raging through your veins like you don't want to be there and it is also good for everyone to realize that there is no there yet no one is there yet like we're all on this journey you know even people who are coaches or authors speakers everyone is still on the same journey still faces the same demons maybe to a different degree but they're still around it's just about knowing how to deal 
with them, how to cope in other ways that are more positive and uplifting when you feel insecure in life, because we all feel insecure in life and out of our comfort zones. Totally. I mean, I just got back from, like you said, two months traveling and I teach intuitive eating. I've taught it for years and it's still, you know, I had to think about stuff when I was traveling. It was a completely new environment for me and my own stuff came up and I had to work through it. And I think, uh, you know, that's always going to be the case for people and for, for, for most of us. And I, I think that that's important for people to know that there is no there. You haven't just arrived and all of a sudden everything's like super, super simple and easy in your life. Like we're all going through the same stuff. It's just that you're developing and your way, your strategies and ways of knowing yourself and handling things changes. Could you possibly share with us one of these things that came up for you? Some kind of stuff that you had to do? Yeah. With? Um, well, food was just so different. My relationship with food just really changed over there. Um, you know, in New York here, I, um, you know, I know what I like. Everything is at my fingertips. I can cook if I want to. Um, I'm really busy day to day. I've all, my life is very full here. I've created a very full life. So food is not the most pleasurable. I mean, it's one of the most important things to me, but I also have all this all other awesome stuff that I do. And so everything just kind of like works here. Um, and then I went abroad and it was just like, okay, I'm not cooking ever. So I ate out for two months straight, never knew what was going in my food, never exercised for two months. Like you did a yoga thing, I did nothing. <laughs> and um, that was interesting. I've never, I don't, can't remember the last time I went two months without working out. Um, and food was because I'm such a foodie and I love food and I love trying restaurants and trying everything it was more of a dominant part of my life over there because um, I didn't have friends I traveled alone you know I made friends but I didn't have like my girlfriends that I was going out to dinner with you know multiple times a week and you know I didn't there were days where I didn't really know what to do and I didn't have anything to do so food became like the most exciting part of my day so I had to kind of deal with a lot of these like weird or not weird but just different things coming up um, you know realizing that maybe food was going to be a bigger part of my life and maybe I was going to be an emotional eater at some points and eat for pleasure when I didn't really need to be and that that was okay and kind of dealing with that um, my body totally changed over there so I'm so out of shape right now like I can't even walk up the stairs without getting winded it's <laughs> so insane but really being okay with that and just being like you know what Our, my body's going to change a million times throughout my life and I'm cool with it it's I'm tr here and I'm traveling and I'm doing my thing and honestly I'm doing my best and that's enough and I have plenty of time when I go home to get back in shape if that's what I feel like I want to do so you know, dealing with that and watching my body change. Um, yeah, staying really in tune with my body in a, in a completely different way because I just never knew what the heck I was eating. Um, so, yeah, some emotional eating stuff came up, like I said. Um, it, it was just all very different. It was very different. Um, and I just had – I just was – I just – was more aware of my relationship with food and, and how food was 
playing a part in my life than I am over here. When I'm over here back in New York, it's just food is like has its spot, but it's not like a huge, huge focus for me. And I think I'm more comfortable with that. Um, whereas it made me a little concerned when I was about it, how, how much food was a part of my life over there and just dealing with that. And is that okay? Am I okay with this? Does this mean that I'm like reverting back to old ways? Um, is it okay that food is a much bigger focal point? Is it okay that I'm eating sometimes when I really don't, I'm not hungry, I just feel like eating? You know, just kind of wrestling with these thoughts and then ultimately realizing that it's totally okay and it's just the phase I was in and it's what I wanted to do when I was there and it was also very circumstantial. Like I was out of my environment. I didn't have my friends and my business and all these other things going on. So just kind of getting to a point of acceptance around where my relationship with food was at for those two months and that it was different than being at home. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I think that was probably one of the juiciest parts of this interview because that's it was just so honest and I love hearing other people share those moments in their lives because it makes all of us feel less alone, less crazy. Because I know that I've had many moments in my life where I've gone to, on a trip or I've gone traveling for a little bit and I've eaten a certain way for a while and then I reach this almost like a threshold where I'm like okay well I've I've had my experimenting time and now it's time to be balanced and so since I've had all this different types of food now I have to have more salads or more juices or feel like I'm being balanced about it but not always do I want those things sometimes I just have to listen to my body and eat in a way that really makes me feel well regardless of whether it's quote balanced you know and it sounds like it's um, balanced macronutrients those things just go out the window a lot of the times and that's when I'm the happiest when I forget about all those rules and and just accept where I am in the here in the Mm -hmm. now and enjoy it so thank you for sharing that that with us I think that was really awesome so of course um, before we go to our quick fire round I want you to let my audience know where they can find you sure so my website, which has pretty much everything, all the information about my different programs and everything, is jamiemendel.com, J-A-M-I-E-M-E-N-D-E-L-L.com. Um, and I do a lot on Instagram, which is Jamie A. Mendel. Um, and I have different programs, coaching, a 10-week self-care program that's coming out in the fall. Um, an intuitive eating challenge that thousands of women have taken to help them ditch dieting and learn to listen to their bodies more. So that's kind of the general gist, but everything can be found on my website. Awesome. And I will have all of the links to that on the show notes for this at maddiemoon.com slash mbm97. But in case anyone is listening to this in the car or whatever, you can just go directly to her websites. Okay. So let's do the quick fire round. Okay. Number one, two things, two material things that you cannot live without. Um, chapstick and my contact lenses. I'm pretty much blind if I don't have those in. <laughs> what does body freedom mean to you? Um, body freedom means allowing my body to change um, over time. That means it can change the size, the shape, the fitness level, and me emotionally and mentally being okay with that and allowing those changes to happen without my happiness and my self-esteem being impacted. What is a must-read book? 
I love the life-changing magic of tidying up. Um, I might be messing the name up a little bit, but it's by Marie Kondo. Um, all about tidying and simplifying and getting rid of the things that we don't really need. If you could interview anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, Michelle Obama. What's a future dream that you're working towards? I really want to run retreats for women abroad, kind of combining my passion and love for travel and just doing fun things with women in different countries. I think that'd be awesome. What is the best movie you've watched in the past month? Well, on the plane ride back from Vietnam, I watched Inside Out, that movie about your feelings, which I thought was really cool. What's your favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day? Definitely a hot shower, pajamas, and tea. What is the next destination for you, the next country you want to visit? I think I'm going to Switzerland this winter to go skiing. Um, but per- that's kind of like a family thing. But personally, I, w- I really want to go to Australia. Mm. Currently, what is your favorite meal? Ooh, um, I'm really into, like, I just make tons of um, batch cooking, like, stir fries and stews because I've just found that to be so helpful to have, like, to cook once for three or four days and just have, like, kind of one pot batch cooking meals that I've been making. Um, Yeah, really into that right now. If you could challenge everyone listening to this podcast to let go of something, what would it be? Well... One thing that I really care about a lot and work with women on a lot and both I, and and in my own life is really self-acceptance. I think that we're so we're fighting ourselves and our lives and our feelings and who we are in so many different ways on so many levels and I would really encourage women to just let themselves off the hook, allow themselves to be who they are, want what they want. Um you know, allow themselves to be all parts of who they are, you know, even though even those things that are really hard for them to accept or they think that they shouldn't be. um, I think that we can live a lot more peacefully and happy if we are just okay with all parts of who we are. So I would ask them to let go of these ideas they have in their head about how they should be or how their life should be or how they should act or not act. So letting go of a lot of the shoulds. Mm, I love that. Last question, your closet, is it minimalistic or is it packed? Pretty minimalistic. Yeah, I expected that. That's awesome. (laughs) All right, so thank you. You made it through the quick fire round. You did an awesome job. Um, And I just wanna say thank you again for coming on the show, for telling all of us how you can travel and still be an intuitive eater because I know that's a concern I've had a lot of people reach out to me about so I think this podcast will be one that's going to help a lot of people go plan their their first big trip out of this country I encourage everyone to go for it so thank you again you're so welcome thanks for having me all right everybody to get the show notes for this to check out the links go to maddiemoon.com slash mbm97 you can see everything all of there and I'll talk to you guys next time 